Okay, our guest speaker this morning, all the way from northern Minnesota, Awana missionary and Pastor Hoppy's dad, Bill Hoppy. All right, thank you, Jim. Mm -hmm. And Jim's taking the handheld mic with him because I want to make this an interactive service. What I would like for you to do is, first of all, turn in your Bibles, whether you have a hard copy or you take one out of the pew, or whether you have it on your phone. I know a lot more and more people that have the Bible on their phone now. So if you do, that would be the only reason I'd want you to have the phone in your hand. Hopefully that you already muted it. If you haven't, go ahead and do that. I did that before the service. So if mine goes off, you won't hear it. But turn in your Bibles to Psalm 119. I prayed about it quite a bit when Jonathan asked me to take the service and I actually changed several times what I was going to share with you and I settled on one of my favorite chapters of the Bible. God called me most of my life to be a layman in the church like a lot of you are to serve faithfully in the local church. For me it was in Awana, it was teaching Sunday school, served on various boards just as a lot of you do. And I'm thankful for laymen who serve faithfully. I thank you all of you that, that do here in this local body. Um, it was in 2010 that God called me to be a WANA missionary. I started the process that included support raising after I went to candidate school of 15 to 16 months of support raising while I was finishing my career with the Postal Service. I had 34 and a half years in the Postal Service. Most of that, the last half as a postmaster. And I was able to retire Groundhog Day of 2012, then went to missionary graduate school and started as a half-time Awana missionary March 1st of 2012. And because I have a pension from the post office, that was fine with me to be half-time. And it gives me an opportunity to travel and see my grandkids like I'm doing this week. And so, I count this a privilege to be able to fill my son's pulpit. So we have with us, you know, Jonathan, he's my oldest of seven children. So I believe in the nursery is where my wife is with Julia and JL and any other young people that are their age. And also our daughter, she's our seventh born. So we had five other boys in between and they're spread out. We have one that's a Marine serving our country as a pilot. He's a captain in the Marines. He's in North Carolina. That's where we went before we came here. We have two sons in Florida. One is, a, is he's our youngest. Is our, he's a senior at Pensacola Christian College. And then our third born, or excuse me, our fourth born son, Isaiah, is working for the college. He uh, designs the theatrical production sets at uh, Pensacola. Our second born is traveling the world and if you'd like to see some things around the world and some of their adventures, just go to happyhoppy.com. I, I don't know if Jonathan's mentioned that or not, but they are doing a blog and uh, they're like five to 10 minute video clips of different places around the world. Peter, um, has, he's been told by their doctors that they are likely not able to have children. And so they decided, because they like to travel, they've already visited all 50 states. They thought they would like to see the world. And so they're doing this for this coming year. And if the Lord doesn't give them a child supernaturally, they plan to foster to adopt. 
and they live in Colorado Springs when they're not traveling. Uh, they gave up their apartment and they said that they live real frugally, that they're able to travel about the same as it costs to rent their apartment in Colorado Springs. And so they plan to return next August or this coming August and uh, he, they lead the trek, that's the junior high, I want a ministry at a large church in Colorado Springs. She was working at Focus on the Family before they made this trip. And then we have one son at home, Daniel's our fifth born, and uh, he uh, works in construction there. So if you're at Psalm 119, what I would like to do is whoever has the mic, so Bill, if you still have the mic, you can start if you'd read the first verse if you're there or give it to your wife if she's there, either one. And so what I'd like you to do is just pass it around the congregation. And if you would like to read a verse, please do that when I say the next verse. And if not, just pass the mic to the next person. You don't have to do this, but I would like to give you opportunity to be a part and to read. So please read verse one for us. Psalm 119, verse one. Psalm 119, verse one. Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Okay, one of my favorite sayings is that there's one interpretation of scripture, but there's many applications. And so what I wanna do is with each of these verses is apply them to today. So I have some, some I'm not a, I didn't take Greek in college like Jonathan did or Hebrew, either one, but I know how to use the concordance. So I've looked up some of the words so right off the bat, the very first word blessed, it means how happy. So how happy are the undefiled? Well, let's think of today. How in the world can we be undefiled? Well, only through Christ, because Jesus was the only man who walked the earth that never sinned. We all know that, Romans 3, 23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So undefiled, that means without blemish. So Jesus was that perfect sacrifice. He never sinned, just like the Jews were to offer a lamb without blemish and without spot. That's what undefiled means. It means complete, full, perfect. That's who Jesus is. And he was our perfect sacrifice. So that is the only way we can be undefiled is by receiving Christ as our savior. Believe, Acts 16, 31, on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Um, John 1 12 but as many as received him to them he gave the power to, to, be, to become the children of God it's those who receive the free gift of salvation so blessed are those who are undefiled in the way and the word way is um, is a trodden path it's, it's a well worn path and is the way. Well, you know, back in the New Testament, the early believers were known followers of Christ the way. They were following him. So let's, let's apply verse one to today. Blessed are those who have received Christ as Savior. That's the only way we can be undefiled. And who are following Jesus, who are in the way. We're, we're on the journey of following Jesus our whole lives and you know it's one thing to receive Christ to get our fire insurance right so that we're not going to hell because Romans 6 23 says for the wages of sin is death 
But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Once we receive Christ, then the rest of our lives is walking, following Jesus. And so it says, who walk in the law of the Lord. Well, the word for law is precept or statutes. So it's following the teachings of God's word. In fact, this word law here means Pentateuch. Pentateuch is the first five books of the Bible. And so the Bible for Jesus and the Bible for David in particular was the Pentateuch and some of the early historical writings that were written before David, but most of it was not written until David or after. So much of it, that was his Bible, the law, the Torah. And that's what the Greek word, excuse me, the Hebrew word for law here is Torah. All right, we're ready for verse two. Blessed are they that keep his testimonies and that seek him with the whole heart. Okay, one of the things we want to do while we're reading through, we're not going to read, by the way, the whole chapter. So those of you that are a little worried that uh, this could be a long service because this is the longest chapter, just it is. We're going to get as far as time allows us, okay? And uh, <clears throat> one of the things I want you to note, and by the way, I see on the back of your bulletin, feel free to record like any of these word meanings or any applications whatever the Lord speaks to you on the back of your bulletin Jonathan has provided or whoever prepared the bulletin Tom or whoever is a whole page just for any notes that you'd like to record <clears throat> so again happy are they that keep his testimony so again so much the reason this is one of my favorite chapters is because it's about God's word David is sharing how he loves God's word and he will call God's word many names so verse 1 he called it the law in verse 2 he calls it his testimonies and it says blessed or how happy are those who keep his testimonies you know the word keep so often we think of obey and obey is part of it but even before we get to obey, you know what the word keep means? It means to guard. So what do you guard? You things that you value. It also means to protect. What do you protect? Things of value. So we are to guard, to protect God's word. We, it also means to observe. If we're going to obey it, we need to observe. We need to know what it's saying. It means to preserve and praise God. That's what this is. This is the preserved word of God for us today. This is how we hear from God. And so by keeping, it means all these things to guard, to protect, to, in other words, to value it, to observe it. So we do that by opening it and reading like we're doing today. And so I hope and trust that that's a practice of all of you of opening and reading, observing and valuing God's word each and every day on your own in your personal devotions, in family devotions and in church together like today. So the word for testimonies, uh, that, that word means witness. And, and you think that's in a court, that's what a witness does. He gives testimony as what he saw. So much of scripture are eyewitness accounts 
of things that happened throughout history. So God's word is about Jesus. John 1, 1 says, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. And so if we were to go through John 1, we know it's talking about Jesus. So God's word, <clears throat> the reason we value it, <clears throat> it's his word to us. Let me get my water. I, need <laughs> I brought this up here for a reason because uh, I knew I would get a little hoarse. I do that when I speak a lot. And that's why I want you guys to read because you can help me out with the reading. <clears throat> so blessed or happy are they that keep his testimony, his witnesses of what has happened, the witnesses of Jesus, witness of preparing the way as we talk about the advent of him coming. He's our hope, our hope for eternal life. He's our hope for today. And that seek him with the whole heart. I, in addition to be an Awana missionary, I, right now today, besides serving in my local church, I am a volunteer athletic director. And I've been doing this in various capacities of either coaching or just being a parent of one of my sons in sports and now my daughter plays volleyball, but right now this is basketball season. <clears throat> one of the things we encourage our kids is to have heart. In other words, everything they do, they want to do for the Lord. And so you give your all even to basketball and you're doing it unto him and you have the right attitude. And we emphasize character before we do actually physical abilities. And so we don't want to serve the Lord half-hearted in whatever we do. Whatever God's called you to do, we want to, and in this includes seeking or reading his word with our whole heart. We're giving our all, our attention everything to him <clears throat> and the word for heart <clears throat> feelings will and the intellect maybe you've also heard like I've been taught that that's our soul our soul is basically our mind will and emotions and so that's the meaning of heart so our innermost being we want to give to God we want to seek him we want to seek his word, what he has to say. That's why we want to have regular readings. For me, it's every day. But whatever God has lays upon your heart, we want to be regular in his word, whatever he calls you to spend time with him. Heart, giving it all, the innermost part to him. And by the way, the Hebrew word for heart is labe. And that's kind of like lobe, part of your heart, giving it all to him. All right, verse three. <clears throat> they also do no iniquity they walk in his ways and so again the, the they are those who are giving your whole heart to him first of all receiving Christ and then purposing to follow him and then by spending time learning his word spending time in it reading it memorizing it that's, that's why I thought this since I'm a Awana missionary, it would be a good passage for me to share because that is our goal in Awana. It's twofold. One, to reach boys and girls with the gospel. In fact, the prayer of Awana, I'll do the actions. Those of you that came to our training that I did with Chris Mickish, your local missionary, a year ago was the prayer of Awana is that all children throughout the world will come to know, love, and serve our Lord Jesus Christ. That is our prayer. In 
once they receive Christ, and even until they do, we are building God's word into them by encouraging them to read it and to memorize it. As we're going to come to a little later, verse 11 says, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. And so the word iniquity is in verse 3. Iniquity means moral evil or perverseness. Isn't that not prevalent in our day? Moral evil and perverseness. And so to, to order to avoid that, it's by following God's word. It's by spending time in it. It's knowing it. It says they walk in his ways. So in order to keep away, in fact, it was D.L. Moody who said, this book here will keep me from sin. If I spend time reading it, studying it, applying it to my life, keeping it, observing it, and then obeying it, it will keep me from sin. And he says, or sin will keep me from this book. And, and isn't that true that when we're falling away from the Lord, when we're not following him, it's so easy then to not have time for him. It's, it's, so it's one or the other. It's either time with him or we fall into sin. It's just the way it is. Verse 4. Thou hast commanded us to keep thy precepts diligently. All right. So there we have that same, um, actually, let's see. This is actually a little bit different, this word for keep here. Um, this word says to hedge about as with thorns. So this word is even a deeper meaning, more specific by guarding. Can you imagine if you're going to protect something? With, you know, I noticed when I took a hike yesterday, Cindy and our daughter Sarah and the two girls, Julie and Jail, we took a hike around the neighborhood. And I noticed that in some of the woods are just full of thorns. I don't know what they're called, but I saw their thorns. And I was thinking, boy, that'd be kind of rough to be walking in those woods. See, in northern Minnesota, we have a lot of woods. I enjoy walking in the woods, but I'm thinking, I don't know where I'd walk in those woods unless there was a wide path where there was no thorns. So thorns is definitely a way to keep something out. So if we're to keep his precepts, his word diligently, we want to keep God's word in and we want to keep the sin out. It says, and it says, thou hast commanded us. The word for command, by the way, means to constitute. Isn't that interesting? Our constitution was built on God's word. And it wasn't optional. It was command, built on the commands of God. Praise God that that's our founders saw that that's the way our country should. That's, that came from the word command. Constitute is right there in this word. To enjoin a point, to give a charge, to put in order. That's what God is saying. He's commanded us to keep his precepts. Precepts, that's another word. That's, very, that's a synonym of commandment, of statue, a word from the Lord, precept. Precepts, it means appointed, um, a, a mandate, a mandate from God. That's what his word is. It's from him, what he has to And how much are we to keep them? Diligently. 
So again, wholeheartedly, not half-heartedly. It's work to, to faithfully spend time in his word, but oh, the joy that comes when we do. Again, the blessedness, the how happy. All right, next verse, verse five. Oh, that my ways were directed to keep thy statutes. So even David, who loves the Lord, we know that David fell into sin. We know that any man, all of us are tempted. And so he's asking God, oh, that my ways were directed to keep thy statutes. I have the desire, but the, what does Paul say? The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. It's so easy to let it slide. That's why as a young man of age 20, I, when I was at a conference, I was challenged by the speaker that if you're having a hard time to get into God's word, he, he encouraged us to make a vow because a vow is serious. It's a serious promise because it says in Ecclesiastes and in Proverbs that, it's, that you're a fool if you don't keep your vows. So I, I'm, I'm a proponent of not making too many. I've made two vows in my life. One, that I will be faithful to my wife all my days of my life as long as God gives her life and me life, we will be faithful. Praise God, we've just celebrated 40 years of marriage on November 12th. So that's one vow I'm working on keeping. The other vow I made at that conference is that I would spend five minutes every day of my life in God's word. And I've kept that almost every day. I, I have to confess, I have failed a few times. But when I failed, it wasn't, okay, I failed now, I won't, I'll just, the vow's over. No. It was a recommitment to the foul that I confess that as sin. God, I broke my vow, please forgive me. Just like David in Psalm 51, when he committed adultery and murder, and when Nathan pointed it out, he confessed it as sin, and then he got back right. Think of the woman caught in adultery. Jesus, he said, after the, those who accused her left, he said, where are your accusers? And he says, nowhere, Lord. And he says, neither do I accuse you. But he did add this. He says, go and sin no more. So I, whenever I have broken that vow, I have confessed it as sin. And, I, and I've got back right on track. And I usually then spend extra time to make up to show that I mean business with God. Oh, that my ways were directed. David is asking for help. And so we have another word for God's word, the word statutes. The word statutes means an enactment, hence an appointment, a decree, a task. It's necessary. God's word is necessary for us. That's all built in these words. All right, we're ready for verse six. Then I would not be ashamed when I look into all... Sorry, I hit the mic, I'm, my fault. <laughs> All right. Then, in other words, when I am faithful to follow your word, to read your word, to keep your word, to observe your word, to love your word, to be in your word, well, then, when I, I, then if I'm doing that, I will not be ashamed. That's where our key verse for Awana, the name Awana is, approved workmen are not ashamed. 
2 Timothy 2.15. Study. Study his word. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing, rightly discerning, rightly understanding. Well, if we're going to rightly divide and rightly understand, it means we need to spend time in it. And another quote, remember I said one of the quotes I like is, there are many applications. There's one interpretation, but many applications. That's why we need, because even though God's word was often written to someone else, it can be, it's applicable to our lives. So that's what I'm trying to do with Psalms, how it's applicable to us today. God's word is important. We need to value, we need to be in it. And if we are, we will not be ashamed. The more we know God's word, the more freely we can share the gospel. The more freely we can encourage others, brothers and sisters in Christ that are hurting. We can share scriptures that have been meaningful to us. We can be an encouragement. When I have, verse 6, respect unto all thy commandments, all thy teachings. And what does respect mean? It means to revere to um, regard with pleasure. If we respect God's word, we regard it. We want to know it, we want to share it. We love his word. This is where God wants us to be. Verse seven. I will praise thee, I will praise thee with uprightness of heart when I shall I shall have learned the righteousness, righteousness judgments. Amen. Okay, the word for praise means to worship with extended hands. And whether or not you praise the Lord that way, that's what the word praise means. And so whether we're doing it in our heart or doing it physically, that's how we come to God. Sometimes we say extend the right hand of fellowship, you know, and we're greeting, we're extending, we're reaching out. And so God wants us to reach out to him and praise him for his word. I will praise him with an uprightness of heart when I shall have learned thy righteous judgments. The word for learned means to teach, instruct, skillful. We're learning, we're, we're being taught from God's word. We're gonna be skillful in his word so that we can also teach and share his word. Judgments, one more word for his word, a verdict. It's a formal decree. God is decreeing what we need to know. He's decreeing what is right and what's wrong. It's clear in his word. Verse eight. I will keep thy statutes, O forsake me not utterly. Again, keeping his word, his statutes. Notice I will, when we take a vow, like in marriage, I will, it's a purpose. I will keep, it's a, it's a commitment to keep, treasure, love, observe, follow. And then we can 
honestly say if we're doing that forsake me he won't forsake me because that's how we're drawing near to God in fact Cindy and I were at a um, Awana conference called North American Missionary Conference just a few weeks ago and one of the speakers taught us about TAG T-A-G the acronym TAG stands for time alone with God and, and this was actually a pastor's wife that was sharing this and she said here's what she has her tag time she, she finds a notebook a pen and a Bible she turns to a passage of scripture she reads it once or twice and then she writes today's date and the scripture that she read in the notebook and then she writes down what she learned from God that day as she read that so this is her tag time time alone with God and she write would write then how this truth applied to her life today and then she would write a prayer based on this passage. maybe it's a prayer of confession maybe it's a prompting to pray for someone maybe it's to pray for our nation our church whatever or just a, a prayer of thanksgiving and praise to God however God leads you as you read and in closing it says include adoration confession and thanksgiving in your reading prayer in other words include all of that just thanking God for speaking to us thank you for his again his cleansing blood that from all sin is ongoing as you know Ephesians not Ephesians first John 1 9 was to believers if we confess our sin he's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness it's something that's ongoing because we're still in the flesh we still fall praise the Lord all right let's go to the next verse verse 9 how can a young man cleanse his way by taking heed according to your word I am so thankful for that verse and you know we had six boys in a row every two years and so that's a verse I wanted them to know. To take heed, this is how you can live a good life, is take heed to his word, spend time in it, memorize it. All six of our sons did every book in Awana from Cubbies, that's age three and four, all the way through high school. During that time, they memorized over 800 verses. And God's word was a very big part. That was the foundation for our home education. Cindy is in her 28th year of teaching our kids at home. And so Sarah is also on track by completing all the books in a one. That is, that is the central. We wanted our education. The reason we taught our kids at home was we wanted to be sure that their education was based right here on this word. And so we include all the academic subjects, but it's all built upon his word. And that's why you have a Christian school. You are giving opportunity for children to come and have an education built upon God's word. So praise God. Thank you for doing that at the church. That is how not, uh, not just a young man, but a young woman. And of course, we would apply that to anyone, no matter how old, we can cleanse our way by taking heed to his word. All right, verse 10. With my whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. Again, there's that whole heart. Not half-hearted, but I surrender all. It's all for you. In fact, how did Jesus summarize the commandments 
in two. To love the Lord your God with your whole heart, mind, soul, and strength. That's number one. And that includes loving his word. Second is loving your neighbor as yourself. And that's how he summarized all the commandments. So it's wholehearted commitment, number one, to him, and then to loving others as well. It says, let me not wander. I think of that hymn, prone to wander. Lord, I feel it. That's, that's our nature. It's our sin nature. And so there's the appeal to ask for help. God, let me not wander from your commandments. This is the way I want to live according to your word. And so verse 11, there's the verse I referred to. Thy word have I hidden my heart that I might not sin against God. That's why we encourage memorization in Awana that, that we will live and not sin because we are hiding his word as our verse 12. Blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. And I'm glad we got at least this far through verse 12 because there's the word blessed. But so often in, in our English Bibles, there's more than one Hebrew word for the same English word. And that's the case here. The, the, word, the Hebrew word for the blessed in verse 1, that means how happy, is tamin. The Hebrew word for blessed in verse 12 is barak. And it's a very different word. It means to kneel. And so when we're talking about blessing the Lord, it's talking about kneeling. What does it say in James? It says, he resists the proud, but God gives grace to the humble. Kneeling is putting in a humble posture. And so when we come before God, it's so appropriate often when we pray to kneel. It's, this word bless in verse 12 means to kneel, to bless God as an act of adoration. We kneel in respect and honor, but also in love to God, to Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Also in this word is praise. Remember praise, lifting up of hands to God with adoration. It also means to salute. It's, he's the boss. He is the commander in chief. It means also still. When we come before the Lord in, in prayer and his word, we're being still. We're listening to him. It's, we live in a noisy world. And oh, the stillness, preciousness of having time alone with him. And also in this word bless is thank. Is to thank God for his word, for what he's done in our lives. And when we ask him to teach us, we are grateful that he does. He is faithful. Okay, we're going to finish through verse 16 and then we'll be done. So if you're, well, let's do 13. With my lips have I declared all the judgments of thy mouth. So we're not just taking it in to have it internal. So it isn't keep and hiding just to keep it there. It's to have it a part of us to then share 
share with others. And that's again, that second commandment that Jesus said to love. Well, how can we love someone more than giving God's word, sharing the truth in love? Verse 13. Oh, excuse me, verse 14. We just did 13, 14. I have rejoiced in the way of thy testimonies as much as in all riches. You think of what is most valuable on this earth to you. It cannot compare to the value, the richness of God's word. And that praise God for what he's teaching us through his word. Verse 15. I will meditate in thy precepts and have respect unto thy ways. See, when we go back to verse 11, memorizing, hiding in your heart, that is the best preparation for verse 15 because when you memorize it, you can think of it. You don't have to have God's word in front of you. That's what meditation is. It's like a cow or a goat. Jonathan was raised taking care of goats. We still have goats today. And they, just like a cow, my dad had cows when he was growing up on a farm. Either one or sheep. They bring up what they've ate earlier and they go over it again. And that's what meditation is. It is going over what his word is. We've hid in our heart. And notice the I will again. It's a commitment to do that. In fact, if any of you have trouble with insomnia, I, I dare you to try quoting scripture at night. Because if Satan is the one keeping you from sleep, you can be sure he'd rather have you sleep than think on God's word. All right, last verse we'll finish, verse 16, and we'll be done. I will delight myself in the status. I will not forget thy word. There is the commitment. I will. I will enjoy it. And you will. You don't, it's not just a commitment. It will happen. So, you know, so often it starts with the commitment. That's the way marriage is. We purpose to keep, and then we soon, it is pretty fun, isn't it? It's an enjoyable having a life companion. Same way with God's word is we purpose to spend time in it and enjoy it. We do enjoy it. And then if we spend and faithful the time, we can also commit, I will not forget thy word. I will keep it. All right. So we're going to sing now, Bill, come and lead us in our last song. And thank you for each of you who read and helped me out. I didn't lose my voice. Praise God. Thank you for helping. <laughs>